Many years have passed and everyone's getting mad. Huh? What do you mean? I mean, everyone's getting Monsignor Achilles Dakai. His weekly Bible study is getting bigger, better, and stronger. This is the new and improved Gifted to Give podcast. Hi, I'm Gian. And I'm Jillian. We are here to spend quality time as we listen to the message of God through our beloved Monsignor Achilles Dakai, a Bible study that is truly gifted to give and a gateway evangelization to all those who are spiritually drained. Absolutely. Monsignor Dakai was the official spokesman of His Eminence Ricardo Cardinal Vidal. He had the title of Media Liaison. He is almost 90 years old and still passionate about preaching the Bible. Yes, he loves to reach out to a new and younger audience in making this podcast. Truly, he is gifted to give. Let's listen to a new episode with Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. And... uh, most welcome to our Bible study online. Thank God it's Friday. We are still within the so-called ordinary time. Remember, last Sunday was the first Sunday on ordinary time. This coming Sunday would be January 14 and next Sunday, God willing, January 21, but all within the ordinary time. So I repeat, welcome once more to our Bible study for all its worth. But before anything else, let us pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read your word with faith, reflect on it with hope, and uh, realize it with love, following the example of your only begotten Son, from whom we find uh, fulfillment, freedom, and the future with you forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. We go straight to our Bible study online, reading and reflecting on what the Bible says about the second luminous mystery. The first was, of course, the baptism of Jesus. The second is the miracle performed by Jesus at the wedding. This is narrated only by John in his chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And now we listen to the reading of uh, the Gospel or read it ourselves. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. 
His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. So they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Thank you, thank you for reading for us the gospel that reminds us of what happened in Cana of Galilee. Let me describe to you the wedding process at that time. The wedding process begins at the home of the bride. Remember the parable of the ten virgins. They were all in that house of the bride, waiting for the bridegroom to come and take her to his home. So that's what happened. The five wise virgins accompanied the bride and the groom to the home of the groom. There, properly, the wedding begins. It may take a week for a wedding. So weddings before were not performed in churches or chapels. They were performed in houses in the home of the bridegroom. There were many invited guests to this wedding. Let us precisely identify them and we will focus on just one group. According to John, in that wedding, feast or process, there was, of course, Mary. Joseph must have already passed away during the 30 years of silence and solitude in Nazareth. So Mary went there alone. Then we have Jesus. Jesus, of course, is already 30 years old, and uh, he has just called his first disciples, Simon and Andrew, James and John, Philip and Nathaniel, the six disciples. And they were there. So aside from Mary, Jesus, the six disciples were there. 
who were there, of course, the, the wedded couple, only the bridegroom is mentioned. Okay? Then there is, of course, the man in charge of the feast, the so-called steward. But above all, and I want to invite your attention to this point, there were their servants. Since they could afford to have servants, this must be a well-to-do couple. Now, I'd like you to precisely, I repeat, focus your attention to these servants. No names, no addresses. The servants probably work within the basement of the house while the guests are up on the first floor. What happened? First of all, we are told that Mary, a woman, was curious enough to observe what's happening. In fact, she behaved here of a prophet. A prophet does three things. A prophet observes, a prophet judges, and a prophet acts. That's what Mary did. She observed that there was no more any glass of wine coming from the basement to the sala. But Mary was curious, but not idly curious. Her curiosity is not idle curiosity, because immediately after his, her curiosity, she became concerned when he, she judges that this must be embarrassing for the wedded couple, so she acted. Her first action was to pray. She must have already some idea of who Jesus was after that encounter at the temple when Jesus was 12 years old, when Jesus said, I must be in my father's house, busy with my father's affairs. She prayed to Jesus, and her prayer is brief, simple, and straight to the point. They have no wine. She did not dictate what time, when to give, or how. She just bared the need. Son, they have no wine. Jesus said something, but Mary did not listen to that anymore. Her prayer to Jesus was followed immediately by action. She went down to the basement and met the servants. She told them, just do whatever he, my son, tells you. So let us precisely look at those servants. They heard 
Mary giving them an advice, a counsel. Do whatever He tells you. And those servants did precisely what Jesus told them. And Jesus told them three things. First, He said, Fill these jars with water. At that time, there were six stone jars, each containing 20 or 30 gallons of water. And John tells us that those servants filled those six stone jars with water to the brim. Puno as in puno. And then Jesus secondly said, Draw some out now, which they did maybe with a, a glass or a cup. And thirdly told them, Take it to the steward, to the man in charge of the feast, which they did. And then they saw, they saw with their own eyes, the steward, as he tasted the water already turned into wine. Here I pause for some reflection. We really do not know at what stage the water was changed to wine. Was it when Jesus said, fill the jars with water? Was it when Jesus said, draw some out now? Or was it when the steward drunk, tasted it? Anyway, that's not important. The fact is that the water has been changed to wine. Now, when this steward having tasted the water turned into wine, he approached the bridegroom and the servants heard this. The steward said, you see, normally you serve the best wine first. Then when they have drunk, the guests have drunk, you serve them the ordinary cheap wine. But you have precisely kept the best wine now. But, but of course, the steward himself did not know who did it. Only the servants knew who did it and what they themselves have done. I repeat, they heard and heeded Mary's counsel. They did whatever Jesus told them to do. Three ways. Fill the jars with water, draw some out, and give it to the steward. Here is a lesson for us. If we just look at these servants, what they have done. They were the eye and ear witnesses to this very first miracle of Jesus. I 
should remind you that this very first miracle is one of the three miracles that Jesus performed in view of the Eucharist that he would establish. Namely, he showed he had power over wine. Next, he would show he had power over bread. And lastly, that he has power over his body. So, changing water into wine at Cana, multiplying breads in Bethsaida, and walking on the waters on the Sea of Galilee. But I repeat, let us focus on how these servants did what they did. And they are therefore the most enlightened, I would say. They are the most enlightened among those people within the wedding. They were the most enlightened by this second mystery of light. They were enlightened not only to hear and heed Mary's counsel, they were enlightened to do whatever Jesus told them to do. Now, what is for us a lesson? Okay, we have Mary. Mary is for us help of Christians. Mary is for us the mother of good counsel. Let us therefore resolve to precisely hear and heed her counsel and honor her as mother of good counsel. Now, Mary precisely through the years has appeared to several people and has given them almost the same counsel, the same piece of advice. Do whatever he tells you. Through the years, Mary has appeared, for example, in person. While she was still alive in Ephesus, when uh, James in Spain called for help, John, his brother in Ephesus, precisely sent sent Mary in person to appear in Zaragoza as Virgen del Pilar. That was the very first appearance of Mary. And her message was always the same. Do whatever my son tells you. Do not offend him anymore. Turn away from sins. In all her major operations officially approved, this has always been the message of Mary. If you go back, for example, to his apparition in Banyu, in Belgium, she told Miss Pico to precisely observe what Jesus has been telling them. She appeared in Banyu, she appeared in Nock, Ireland, she appeared in La Salette, France, she appeared in Lourdes, France, 
She appeared in Fatima, Portugal. She appeared in Paris, France, always giving the same message. Do whatever my son tells you. Do not offend him anymore. Turn away from your sins. So this is what we learn. We love Mary. We honor her as our mother of good counsel. Let us therefore hear and heed her counsel through the years. This is now our duty and our salvation. To hear and heed Mary's counsel and to honor, praise, and uh, glorify Mary as our mother of, uh, of good counsel. In Cebu City alone, as we have been saying, Mary, as our mother of good counsel, has other titles. Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe of Cebu, Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of the Remedies, Our Lady Help of Christians, Our Lady of the Sacred Heart, Our Mother Perpetual Hill, Our Mother of Mount Carmel, etc. So there are many ways of being devoted to Mary as our Mother of Good Counsel, under her several titles. This is how I look at this point in time, at this second mystery of light. What happened at that wedding, of course, is a well-known fact that this was the very first miracle that Jesus performed, and it had a very significant purpose which was to prepare his disciples to, for the establishment later on of the sacrament of the Eucharist. But that we are not touching as a subject matter because we are focusing our attention on these servants. How can we be like those servants? Oh, hear and heed Mary's counsel. Who did all that Jesus told them to do. And they watch everyone, the bridegroom, the steward, and they did everything well. This is the nice thing here. They not only filled the jars with water to the brim, they did everything well and wisely. How can we follow them, imitate them as servants? Jesus precisely has ordered us not only to make holy the Lord's day, not only to attend Mass, 
but also to obey what His Church has ordered. Like fasting and abstinence on days appointed, like being married in church, like uh, confessing and receiving communion on Easter time, like supporting financially the parish, the church. So here we have, but I repeat, we may not go up to Mary or to Jesus or to the bridegroom or to the steward, but just stay with the servants in the basement and we can already learn how to be servants doing well and faithful. Now, if we want to learn more about this, the parable of, remember, the tenants, the master entrusted to these servants before he went abroad, he entrusted one with five, another with three, another with one talent. What happened? The guy who was entrusted with five did very well. He traded with his five and earned another five. He did very well. In fact, the master told him, well done and faithful servant. The same way the second servant entrusted with less, only three. But again, he took all the initiative to trade with the three and he made another three. From these two we learn a lesson. But from the third one, we do not. So we do not anymore talk about that guy. How therefore, how do we trade with the talents that we have? Talent, time, and treasure. How do we take all the risks to follow Jesus? Remember, Jesus one day was asking people to follow me. There were three guys who heard him say that. One said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, Tikamona, do you know that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head? In other words, no rest, no day off, no weekend for me. Another guy says, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me bury my father. His father is very well alive, not even sick yet. But Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You, you try to live and go and preach the gospel. And the third guy says, Lord, I will follow you, but let me say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, look, if you are plowing, if you put your hand on the plow, you are plowing a field, look straight. Do not look back nor look aside. But look straight. Live a purpose-driven life. That's what Jesus said. So, 
even if we are counseled by Mary, when we are ordered by Jesus, it may be difficult to follow his way, to learn his truth, and to live his life. So even within this wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, we can still learn more and learn what else from at least the servants themselves. We can render service to God, to the Jesus, and to the church. And I already have said this again and again. He who serves well in tennis seldom loses. Life is like a game of tennis. I say this again and again. He who serves well seldom loses. And who serves well in tennis he who serves an ace. Who serves an ace? One who does not expect a return. So that is it. Our service to God, to Christ, and to His Church should be service without expecting a return and without counting the cost. Servants, well done and faithful servants. I have said enough and so I pause for some of your questions and <coughs> reflections. Remember, we are in this period called ordinary time after Christmas and before Ash Wednesday and the liturgical color is green. Green is the color of vegetation, the color of productivity, the color of fruitfulness. That's what we are expected to be and to do. Fruitful, productive. How? By precisely learning lessons from the mysteries of light that we have started to study and learn from.
Good morning, Mons. Good morning. I pray that I will have the obedience of the servants, the way they did things without questioning, and took Mary's advice fully. I think their full obedience is what also made the miracle happen. As long as you let Mary and Jesus enter into the picture, because remember, the servants were listening to Mary and were listening to Jesus. So you cannot separate yourself from, from them. And there must be an order of priorities. Jesus first, second Mary. Good morning, Mons. Good morning. Thanks for enlightening the priceless position of being a servant. They saw with their eyes firsthand the first miracle of Jesus. They were simple folks, but they followed the instruction and obeyed Jesus. We will be blessed indeed if we obey both Mary and Jesus, especially if we maintain humble and simple. That's right. Mary can only give us advice. Mary can only give us a counsel because she is a mother of good counsel. But it is Jesus who commands. It is Jesus who governs us, guards us, and guides us. So Mary is a help for all Christians, a mother of good counsel. Hi, Mons. Hi. In this gospel, nakakita yun ko sa wisdom ni Mary. I experienced this in my life, Mons. When lisod ang kinabuhi, nakanotice ko na when I asked for Mary's intercession, na ako'y wisdom to fix whatever problem happens. That's true. Let us be <coughs> enlightened by this mystery. Not only by looking at Jesus or listening to Mary, but doing as well as we can, like servants. You see how, how meaningful its mystery can be. How significant it's one of us. Its mystery can be studied under different aspects, I repeat. It is so, so rich that there is no discussing at all what can be of enlightenment for all of us. Go down to the basement. Learn from the servants what they have said and what they have done. Hello, Mons. 
Hello. Jesus works best surrounded by the simple and obedient. Thank you for highlighting this in your reflection. If the servant didn't obey exactly, if Mama Mary didn't ask humbly Jesus to do something miraculous, this mystery of light could not happen, even if Jesus was powerful. He works with us and in us if we obey and act on His instructions. One more question. Good morning, Mons. Good morning. Thank you for your beautiful reflection. What struck me the most today was when you said that Mary was not idly curious, but she took action with her curiosity. This speaks to me because I catch myself being curious, but not curious enough to take action. You know what? There are some stories told about this. Like, for example, no wonder they ran out of wine because the six disciples were there. All fishermen, macho, na horot ang bino because of them. That's only a, a joke. Also, we may say that the wedding was taking too long to process. That's why they ran out of wine. Mary could have been idly curious, but her curiosity is not idle. If she were, she could have said, Da, nga nang nagtugat-tugag parte nga wa man di ay budget, etc. But no, she observed, she judged, and she acted to help to save the couple from embarrassment, to say the least. Lomons, thank you for reminding us of Mary's role. We are so blessed we have Mama Mary as our mother of perpetual help, who is always ready and magpakabana sa pagtabang nato in all our concerns. It is good to be a variant followers. That's right. In our novena to our mother perpetual help, we love to sing, What shall I ask of thee? The bliss untold which your arms enfold.
Good morning, Monsignor Dakai. Good morning. Thank you for investing your time in this Bible study. It really helps me with my spiritual life. I tell you, I enjoy this hour every Friday. As I advance in age, I also would like to advance in knowledge of Jesus. Because the more we know Jesus, the closer we follow Him, and the dearly, more dearly we love Him. On the lighter side of the party, we were told that Jesus and Mary also joined in the dancing during the party. What a joyful Jesus and Mary. That's right. They were invited guests only. Huh? They were invited guests. But I repeat, they almost became the host. They were all taking care of the situation so that the bridegroom and the bride practically had nothing to do but be the, the beneficiaries of the goodness of Mary and Jesus. Imagine six stone jars of wine this party must have <laughs> gone uh, for more days, not just for a week. They had enough wine to drink. So that's that, as we enter into the Fiesta Senior Week, let us join our efforts to precisely honor, praise, and glorify Jesus as Senor Santo Nino, always with sincere devotion, grounded on sound doctrine, guided by strict discipline. I won't tire repeating that, because that sums up our living a Christian life day after day. And so, here I pause for the final blessing. The Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, bye-bye, and see you again. That was an amazing Bible study session. You think so, Jill? Yes. Monsignor Dakai is truly remarkable. I have learned a lot from his reflections. Can you share your learnings and takeaways? Today's reading was focused on John 2 verses 1 to 11, and it was about the manifestation of Jesus at the wedding of Cana. 
which John has only written. There are many characters in that story, but we focus today on Mother Mary, on how she interceded for the married couple, and how she intercedes for us. You're right, Jill. And her presence was highlighted being a mother to Jesus. As a mother, she made sure that the married couple was well accommodated for. And I believe when you said, Mother Mary will always intercede for us until our last breath. Mary will always hear our prayers, all our concerns and needs. I would like to thank Monsignor Achilles Dakai for another wonderful episode of the Gifted to Give podcast. I would like to thank my new partner, Jillian, for sharing your reflections and learnings. Of course! I am so excited to be part of this rebranding of the podcast. I will definitely see you next week for another episode of Gifted to Give podcast. With Monsignor Achilles Dakai, goodbye and to God be the glory.